Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Pemberley Podcast. So if you heard our costume theater episode, you'd heard us talk about this Jasna Young Filmmakers Contest. If you are a high school, college, or grad student, you can enter this film contest put on by the Jane Austen Society of North America Southwest. The deadline is November 1st. You can go on their website, jasnasw.org, to find out more info. Basically, you just create a five-minute short film inspired by or about Jane Austen's work. So that's really awesome. Your imagination has no limit. You can go and make anything you want. The deadline, of course, is November 1st, so you have to make it by then. <laughs> yes, go nuts, but not so nuts that you missed the deadline. And we gave out some great free ideas in our costume <laughs> yeah. theater episode. So go listen to that if you're stumped, because we are ineligible we're the opposite of that book eligible. We're ineligible yes. <laughs> for this competition because we're so old. And if you are entering, let us know because we can just give some moral support uh, yes. for you. So yeah, And retweet you. Yeah. So even though we've pushed all our Breaking Jane Austen News to Costume Theater episodes, we still want to have some kind of chit-chat chit chat at the top of these episodes yeah. just so we're not like jumping right into Emma. We jumped right into it last time and it felt like the water was too cold. Yes. You know, like <laughs> we gotta warm people, it. Yeah, we gotta ease into it. People can't forget about our personalities. Exactly. <laughs> so we decided to talk a little bit about what we're reading right now. Yeah, what books we're reading, any recommendations. Yeah, yeah. You want to go first? Sure. I just, well, I still have a bit of it left, but I'm almost done with The Wedding Date by Jasmine Gilroy, which is more of an adult romance book. It's really good. I highly recommend it. But it's like these two people who happen to meet in an elevator and he needs a date for a wedding that night. And she's like been shut in and just works all the time she's like why not this one night this one guy i'll go for it but they end up catching feels for each other (gasps) what (laughs) (laughs) what will they do how will this end yeah and like she's like she works for the mayor in berkeley and she's doing a lot of great work there with the inner city and she's has all these great initiatives because it's a community she really cares about and he works in la and he's a doctor and so how will they make it work Mm -hmm. when they have to like like this long distance deal but you know it's great check it out all right I am currently between a couple of books right now. One of them I'm really liking. It's called Jane Doe by Victoria Helen Stone. And it's a bit darker, but I do Hmm. like it. Essentially, it's about this woman named Jane. And she's basically a sociopath. Like she doesn't... (laughs) Well, just in the sense that like she doesn't really feel emotions the way that other people do. She doesn't... So the closest thing she's ever had to a heart is her best friend, Meg. Hmm. And Meg commits suicide. (gasps) And it's because she was in a horrible, an emotionally abusive relationship. And the guy is just like walking around doing totally fine. And it outrages Jane to to the point that she basically... She's like a high class lawyer Uh, So she like makes a ton of money. She's crazy smart. She's just like, and she's like emotionless. So I bet she's great at that. Yeah. And so she basically like quits working for a couple of months and like creates a new identity in the same town as this guy. And basically is like 
trying to date him so that she can crush him. Whoa. And I love it. It's like very, like it's dark. It's dark, but I love it. It sounds like something Reese Witherspoon would option and make into a uh, HBO series. (laughs) No, it's, yeah, I can see that. The other book that I'm reading right now is the opposite of that. Okay. And it's actually like my new favorite book. It's called The Kiss Quotient by Helen Hong. I've heard of this. Yeah. And I just like can't sing this book's praises enough. Be- I'm like not even done with it, but it's like becoming a problem. I'm like reading when I should be doing other important things. Yeah. And it's just, it's a really sweet story. It's basically about this 30 year old woman named Stella. And she's an econometrician. I had to think the word for oh, a second. Okay. It's like along the same lines as an economist, but basically she designs algorithms for websites. So you like you know, you know when you buy something and they're like, we suggest you try out this. Oh, okay. uh, it does that, and she's crazy That's good at it. Fascinating. She has Asperger's, and mm-hmm. so she's like on the autism spectrum. She works seven days a week. She's very into her routine. She's like really not interested. She's like had sex before and hasn't liked it and then her parents come to her and are like we want grandkids just putting that out there (laughs) and so she's like well then i need to be good at having a relationship which means i need to be good at having sex so she hires a male escort the amazing and like sensational michael fawn and they're so good for each other and it's such a good book (laughs) (laughs) i've heard a lot about this book i think it recently also got option yes it did it got option for a movie so we'll see what happens there yeah hopefully you know they do it justice yes and it's so yeah this is also like an adult book so okay yeah if you're young tread lightly (laughs) (laughs) maybe or or you can just read and watch to all the boys I've loved, loved before, before. Yeah. which is another great book, and coming soon. I'm sure by the time this episode is out, it's already out on Netflix. Yes, so. it comes out August 17th. Yeah, so, so it will have coming. been released. But I remember reading this book and just loving it so much. Yeah, it's um, a good book because it just captures the um, emotions and thoughts of having a crush so well. And mm-hmm. you know, you follow Lara Jean throughout her journey of all these secret letters to her crushes get sent out, and the all the emotions that she has to deal with in in navigating all those different relationships with that so i can kind of see similarities in the quiz the kiss quotient to um to all all the boys boys. i've loved before because it's like protagonists who are like very content with being themselves Mm -hmm. but when it comes to dealing with a relationship that's real yeah right in front of them there's like all this anxiety that goes into like feeling like you want to please the other person but also wanting to be true to yourself which is like a tricky thing to navigate yeah so actually one thing we can talk about is that you got to interview Mm -hmm. some of the cast and author of the book of the book i did i mean i guess uh definitely by the time this has come out we will have links yeah i my day job is I work for Frolic. <laughs> yes, I... And Frolic is a romance. Fro- Frolic, yes. It's a it's a media company that's sort of like building out like the online romance lovers. Mm-hmm. And so we knew them very well before I started working for them. Yeah. And so I was their journalist girl for when Netflix had a big press junket for To All the Boys I've Loved Before and Sierra Burgess is a Loser. And it was very nice. All the cast, I can assure you, IRL, everyone's so lovely. Jenny mm. Han, lovely. <sighs> like, director, lovely. Everyone, yeah. lovely. <laughs> you will like the movie. And even if you don't, I can assure you that everyone who made it is very, very kind. Yeah. And you got to meet also the boy. You got to meet the boy, Noah. Noah. Yes. He's very cute. Instagram is very, like, 
that young heartthrob Instagram kind of guy. (laughs) He's 22 and he is finding his way. (laughs) (laughs) He's a very lovely young man, though. Only two years older than him, so I don't know why I'm using terminology like that. He's a lovely young man. He's a lovely young man. I'm sure my daughter would love him. So check so, out all those recommendations. Yeah, yeah. we're uh, we're reading a lot, and you guys should all read that. Keep if- up. <laughs> yes, this is first and foremost a literary podcast, yeah. <laughs> and we want the world to be well read. Yeah. So let's jump into the episodes then. As we previously saw, Annie Taylor's wedding is gonna happen, yeah. and we're gonna jump into more of that with episode nine, a worthy subject, written by Tracy Bitteroff. So this episode is. Still a sort of a continuation of coming off the high of saving Annie and Ryan's wedding. Annie and Ryan are doing so great that there is no news to speak of. The wedding is a week away. Annie's dress has been steamed and pressed. The string quartet is ready to go and the French cheeses are en route. The wedding is a week away, which like is baffling to me of how close Emma was cutting it with that whole gift shenanigans. So it's, yeah, it's, she did great there. (laughs) She did good. And now that... That, like, we're, we're taking a deep breath now, like, whew, that almost didn't happen. Yeah. But it is very much happening, so we need to find our next client. Yeah. The nice thing is that Annie does send flowers to thank Emma for saving everything. I will admit that during this episode and the next episode, it is very nightly heavy. And yeah. And he is very adorable, and I swooned. You were there. I swooned. You swooned. I swooned. And uh, he basically comes in with these lovely flowers, and she's like... Ooh, who are those from? And he's no, like, she already knows that they're from Annie. They're from Annie. And he's like, how do you know they're not from me? And she's like, please, like you would ever get a girl flowers. I could get a girl flowers. Okay, practice now. Yeah, it's a nice little genuine moment where it, it is like from him. Yeah. But you know, Emma does her Emma thing. She's like, oh, for me. <laughs> she yeah. like, you know, makes fun of him in a way. It's and he's old- like, fine, I tried. I it's- tried to be nice. <laughs> It's old-fashioned and it's heteronormative, but there's just something so nice about watching a guy give a girl flowers. <laughs> <laughs> They're not from him, so. But still. Yeah. He got to present them. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're so good at giving flowers, Knightley. Yeah, Knightley is on the move for their next client. The wedding is a week away. That's great. I mean, that's basically on cruise control for them at this point. Everything's mm-hmm. already in place. Like, mm-hmm. nothing's going to go wrong at this point. So, yeah, you got to look ahead to who's the next client. What's the next event? We hear Snarky Nightly for the first time. Yeah, Snarky Nightly. <laughs> um, and it's very funny. Emma's, like, very picky about this next client. She's like, I love a challenge. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You just had the most challenging obstacle of, like, your professional life. Yeah. She has such specific things that she wants in a client and what she personally wants to be challenged by. I love that. He even says, like, aren't there lots of people who need help? And she's like, yeah, sure, but not that need my help. Mm -hmm. Because she has a very specific skill set that she wants to use to its full potential and her ability. She's not just going to waste her talents on some random person who needs a wedding. No. So it's very interesting. We, uh, she's like, huh, huh, who can I help? Who can I help? And then who comes bursting through the door but her assistant, Harriet, who's basically apologizing for choosing the dry cleaner that ripped Emma's dress. Yeah, the way she came in and made it sound was like, oh, Harriet 
dropped the dress in a puddle or she like accidentally ripped it or something. But no, it was not her fault at all. The dry cleaners messed up. Though Harriet should have checked that before leaving the dry cleaners. Also, she should have demanded that the dry cleaner fix it. Don't yeah. they usually have tailors or something there? Yeah, I think Harriet must not have checked it before leaving, so a little fault on Harriet. Well, we know that she has confidence issues, yeah. which we dive into because basically anytime Emma's like, I want to talk to you, she's like, am I in trouble? Are you going to fire me? Yeah. And I, I actually get it. Yeah. I, I understand that frame of mind. She's constantly in a panic that she's not good enough or worthy enough of the position she's in. So she's like, this must be the, the moment you're going to fire me. I, I already know. I already deserve it. I'm already like packed up. So you could just tell me right now. I mean, she's very good at shouldering blame. Like she, yeah. I think one of the reasons she's good at working with Emma is because Emma's sort of like, she's like Atlas. She's like carrying the weight <laughs> on her shoulders and Harriet's like, give it to me, give it to me. And then when she stumbles, she's like, it's my fault. It's my fault. And so in the one sense, you should always, you know, be humble in the way that you do your work and like go forward in life. But the thing is, I think Emma's looking at this very frazzled young woman who's very smart and very driven and like very dedicated to the same cause as she is but she's like this girl panics about everything i can't have her representing me in the world like this i need to fix her (laughs) and i will admit it's not as if harriet needs to be fixed no she just she's young and she needs to have the world open to her yeah i think she gets a little taste of being able to help Harriet when she gives her her five-inch heels and it's like, go, run, run into the world. I know, she's <laughs> running the five-inch heels. Yeah. Say, and we get um, Harriet's first hell yes in this. Baby's first hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> hell yes. Yes, but with more confidence now, really feel it. Uh, hell yes. Getting her to like say that and yell it with confidence takes a few attempts. So mm-hmm. Emma gets excited by that, by that and getting to help Harriet. And she's like, wait. I can do more here. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. This reminds me. This this lesson, because basically we open up the next episode, which we can dive into right now. Episode yeah. 10, Wind in the Sails, also written by Tracy Bitteroff. Knightley's basically like, nope, you can't make your assistant your client. And I don't <laughs> disagree because of a very valuable lesson I learned in my comm law class in college, which was, it's like not the same, but it's the same. Don't sue poor people. (laughs) Same thing for picking clients when you're coming off of a high like Annie Weston or Ryan Weston's wedding. Yeah. Don't make poor people your clients. Yeah. She can't pay you. They're not going to be able to pay for the services that you offer. No. But, you know, Emma then counters that like, didn't you want me to volunteer? This is pro bono. Like, this is charity. Sad that Harriet is a charity case. But also, Harriet doesn't know that she's going to be her charity case. This is like a complete secret that she's just going to thrust upon Harriet to help her when really she can just take her on as a mentee and mentor her But no, she's like, no, I'm going to make her my client. This is my job now. (laughs) Well, it's very interesting. I always thought this was like a very, the, you know, creators of the show were very smart about their relationship. Because in the book, Emma definitely bosses Harriet around. And she's like, she's my friend. I'm just helping her. And she can, like, she's kind of in a position to do that. Because, like, she's rich and Harriet isn't rich. And she's like, I'm just helping this poor girl who I love talking to. And that's the the little, the point of view of Harriet here. She's like fresh out of college. This is her first job, first assistant job. And she has doesn't really know which way to go. And so Emma's there to guide which yeah. way she needs to go. And, like, there is a clear imbalance of power. But it's because Emma's like, I want to sh- make you into a little me. You know? She doesn't have any kids. She has Harriet. <laughs> that, yeah, and that's how she kind of pitches it tonight. Like, she's like, well, yeah, Harriet is representing us. Yeah. Like, she needs to be just as confident as me, which is a lot of confidence it to is- kind of build up Harriet, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Too. Harriet is fine just the way she is. 
She is a blank canvas waiting to be painted on. A beautiful ship longing for the open seas. A duckling on her way to becoming a majestic swan. More analogies do not make it better. Emma is so confident in herself, he's like, wait a minute, who hired Harriet? And she's like, me, I yeah. found her and I hired her and I'll hold her to my bosom. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> that she, is confidence. She takes full credit for Knightley's decision. Which so. is very funny. But also, I, I actually think they're both being logical. Like, I actually don't think Emma's totally unhinged when she's like, no. I think it's a good idea to emotionally invest in Harriet. Yeah. Because it's just the two of them at this office, and now there's a third, and she is sort of grooming her. Yeah, and that- she needs to mold her into what she, into a, this, like, larger position at the company, too. Yeah, and that's- To I mean, take on more. Harriet should be very flattered, because yeah. that's how you move on. Like, it's- flattering when someone you admire takes an interest in you yeah. and you want to do well for them and she she just wants to do good period but it's like she's gonna get more confidence she's going to be more polished she's like and that's kind of what you need to be like a businesswoman she's the assistant right now she can freak out yeah but you can't freak out like that in the future emma could have easily hired someone with more experience who is who has her life a little more together who mm-hmm. is more confident who is like a mini her mm-hmm. and didn't need to build her up to that point but you know she decided to take on harriet and Help her build her up to that point. But Knightley is also correct in saying that you can't make your assistant your client. No. Because we need to make money. (laughs) That's still an issue. But, you know, he does come up with the solution that she's going to do some consultations, some short-term life coaching. Yeah. Which, you know, she hates the idea of at first. But, you know, he challenges her, like, so you can't do it. And, of course, Emma doesn't back down from a challenge. So that's something that's knew that the Emma approved office will be doing. It's another great demonstration of how they handle each other. Yeah. Because we we see her handle him and this is him handling her. He's like, you're going to do this. No, I'm not. Oh, so you can't do it? (laughs) Yes, I can. Yeah. And then he kind of like very succinctly lays out their arrangement, which is she gets to do whatever she was going to do in the first place. Right. And he keeps the lights on. And that means... Like, I think she likes these long-term Annie kind of clients where she can control every aspect of yeah. their life. But the consultations aren't so bad, and it's a way she gets to kind of fixate on Harriet slash look for another big future client. Yeah. We also need, I feel like we skipped a part. Yes, yes. Because we, we, get, we have uh, a new addition to the team. Yeah, we don't see him yet, Not but yet. we hear about him. We hear about Bobby Martin. their B-Mart. Their new IT guy who's been working there for two days and Emma has no idea who he is. <laughs> Dreamy. Martin, who's Martin? Martin, the IT guy. We have an IT guy? Oh yes, he's really smart. Mr. Knightley hired him to install the new high-speed fiber, and if something's broken, he fixes it. We hear about him through Harriet first, because she's like, oh, there's this new IT guy, and he's great, and he knows everything about technology, and, and he plays, yeah, he plays poker, and he won, and all this stuff. He's got a year supply of nacho cheese, like, ooh, irresistible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she has a major crush on him already, and Emma's like, wait, I don't know, I didn't approve of this potential yeah, suitor of Harriet's. She does a lot of asking, like, who is this guy? Why have I seen him? What? What? What's how, happening? How is he worthy of your time? Yes. How is he worthy of my time in investing in you? Then I have to care about him. Mm. That's how she sees it. That's so true. Because it's not just like, is this guy worthy of Harriet? Okay, great. I give my blessing. It's no, I'm investing in Harriet. Therefore, I need to care about everything in Harriet's life and circle. So I'm going to have to deal with this B-Mart. And do I want to deal with him? No. Well, she doesn't know that yet. Yeah. But <laughs> No, but she sees she sees the interest. She's just like she wasn't just like, "Oh, 
uh, our new IT guy fixed this thing. Yeah. Great. No, she's like, and he's really smart. He knows everything about computers. And he's like, all this nacho cheese. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, it. you're right. And that's so much work for, her. like, I, I, here's why I could never be Emma. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to care about every aspect of someone else's life the way that she takes an interest in hair. Like, thinking about how, how the relationship is going to go and how the arguments are going to go and how the this is going to go and how that's going to go and how yeah. everything is going to go. Like, I cannot imagine. That's true. Like, I mean, there is kind of a con to having someone take that much interest in your life, which is she's going to be very controlling. Yeah. And it means that it doesn't matter if you like this nice boy who's got a ton of nacho cheese and like fixes computers. He she says he's not good enough. So what's she going to do? She's right about everything else. So why wouldn't she write a, be right about this? But yeah. we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. She hasn't met him yet. She has drawn some preliminary assumptions about him mm-hmm. based on what Harriet's saying. Mm-hmm. So as far as she knows, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. But she's got she's yet to make her own judgments. Yes. And so do we. We haven't met him yet either. Yeah, we haven't met him. <laughs> Who knows? So let's go to comments then. Jumping to the comments section where we read original YouTube comments from when these episodes first aired. Starting with episode 9, Captain Liv says, I want to be best friends with Emma, but I'm not entirely sure why. Because your life gets better. I mean, there would never be a boring moment. Because also, she probably has like all these events that she always just invites all of her circle of friends to. And she's like, come on, it'll be a lot of fun. And she's also secretly matchmaking everyone. (laughs) Love it. Spectrum of Madness. This has been my favorite episode in so long. My face hurts from smiling. Because I gave her the flowers. Yeah, there's a lot of nightly in in these episodes. Caroline says, am I the only person who listens to Emma say things like snarky nightly and here's London Tipton ah, from The Sweet, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody <laughs> on the Disney Channel, which show. ran on like 2006, 7, 8, something like that. I feel like, like it was that. like 2005 to 2007, but Something like that, yeah. Not the first thing she's said slash done to make me think of London. I keep waiting for a clapping and an over-enthusiastic, yay me. Mind you, I'm still very much enjoying this. It just kind of amuses me how she can be so professional and intelligent in so many ways, yet so often sound like London. Um, So yeah, in the show, London is this ditzy, privileged uh, uh, daughter of a hotel heiress who just runs around the hotel and is like... Everything's wonderful, right? And, 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 like, causes disasters around her. She does kind of have, like, hotel heiress energy sometimes. Yeah. I mean, she's a hard worker, and she, but also I'm just like, yeah, you just, you, like, started on level one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, London didn't work for anything. Uh, Emma's working very hard for everything she's doing. But also she's like, she got- work out. Enjoy your five-inch heels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Justine says, every time Knightley leaves the room, he tips his head to the right a little and oh my god. He does that, yeah. Yeah, he does. He was just like, tips his head and he walks out, goes out the corner. For episode 10, HP fan says, Brent Bailey's portrayal of Mr. Knightley continues to be spot on. I mean, yeah. He's great. Shay says, I say this every episode, but I ship it so hard. A lot of shipping in this episode. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shipping in general in this series much earlier on than we've seen before, so yeah. that's great. This is Nancy Bot says, can't wait to meet Martin. The book never delved into him as much. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. No, he's definitely a big part of this series. He is, yeah. Onion dust. <laughs> great. <laughs> Love that. Okay, so that was the most passive-aggressive fight ever. It was beautiful. That would be nice. It would, wouldn't it? Sips from world's best boss mug. Ah, that was just scream so much about the characters. The bickering between Alex and Emma and the reverence of Harriet. Whoever thought of that was genius. 
credit to Tracy <laughs> for this. Our episode. regards. Yeah, the the way they again, as you said, the way they they there's, know how each other works, and they're so supportive of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see, I guess, how Emma deals with her new client, Harriet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's basically, that's our new that's normal. A, yeah, is Harriet is the client. This episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved. approved.